pray, Lord. Um, and, and really what I want to do as we're praying, I uh, just reminded this morning of how much just junk is in the world around us. And just the prayer list this morning was about 20 minutes. And and it just seems like sick or not well. or And it's easy to focus on that stuff instead of focusing on the praises that that, um, you know, Anna's cancer is pro- progressing well and that, that, you know, all of the good things that are happening, it's so easy to become distracted by one or the other. And I really want us to, to bring our hearts and our minds to, to focus on, um, seeing things through God's eyes, um, and, and seeing just the junk in the world from His perspective. So let's, uh, let's pray. Um, Heavenly Father, I pray that you would be with us this morning and help us to hear from you and help us to have eyes that see things from your perspective. Um, I pray that you would give us your grace and your peace and and um, just fill our lives with with um, your spirit. In Christ's name, amen. We are on... I turned it off again, I'm sorry. Part 7 of our uh, series on uh, James. Um, if you are following along in your Bible, they are in the, their Bibles in the pews you can look at. If you brought your own, uh, this would be the time to open it up, and they will be on the screen. Um, all right, so James is an interesting book. Um, we're going to do a little background, but a lot less than normal. Um, one of the things that, that marks James is that it's written like wisdom literature. Now, wisdom literature is a whole genre of literature, right? Like we have poetry and we have music, you know, like lyrics for music, and we have fiction, and we have nonfiction, and then we have the newspaper, which is sort of a mix of both, and then we have, come on, that was funny, um, the, we have all of these, <laughs> I was wondering if I'd get that, I didn't expect it from you, honey, <laughs> et tu, Jessica, um, so the, the um, we have these genres of literature, and, it, and for Jewish people, um, wisdom literature was a genre. It was a specific style of writing. And James is like, is like a Jewish man, and so he's writing this book with that like sort of frame of reference. And there's a lot of wisdom literature tendency in his writing. As, as you read through it, you see where he, he borrows like phrases from Proverbs or, or from Psalms or from Job or, or from the other wisdom literature books. And so there's this whole emphasis to this. And, and James kind of moves into a discussion of wisdom um, at this point in the text. And, and um, um, that's what we're going to be looking at. But, but understanding that this is a hearkening back to the Old, Old Testament um, is important for understanding this. The previous section, last week's sermon, if you weren't here, you're going to be stuck hearing a little bit about it. Uh, we talked about language that sets the world on fire, right? Like, like the way that some folks talk that just creates problems. Does anybody know someone like that without pointing? Uh, <laughs> you know, like folks who will, you know, gossip or they'll say something nasty about their neighbor or they got, always got something to say that cuts you and gets you wound up. And, and James describes it like a spark that sets a, you know, that sets a forest on fire. It's this tiny little thing, the tongue, right? But it, it destroys huge stuff. And, and that's what we looked at last week. If you want to check out that sermon, it's on sermon.net slash patching cracks. Um, there's already a big sandy church of God, by the way, which is why we didn't use that. Um, who would have thought? Um, it's in Texas. Texans stealing everything. Um, before, actually, before we jump into that, I, I kind of, I was, I was looking at, I was behind a, a car a while ago, and, and this guy, um, he had a, uh, a bumper sticker, and I don't remember exactly what it said, but it was about common sense. Um, I know, common sense is uncommon nowadays, right? 
Um, and, and it's very typical. Like, you see it on Facebook a lot. You see it in a lot of places where people say, hey, I've got common sense and no one else does, right? And, and I remember driving behind this guy with his common sense, like, bumper sticker, and he drove like he may have been drunk, blind, and tied up. Um, I mean, it was, it was clear that the amount of common sense he was applying to his driving um, was not, like, high on the scale, right? And, and oftentimes, like, I'll see it on, on uh, Facebook. I'll see where folks will say, hey, I've got common sense and you don't. And you know, I saw it with somebody I, I went to college with, and I hope they don't listen to our sermons. Um, but <laughs> someone I went to college with where they posted one of these, you know, hey, I've got common sense and no one else does. And that's, you know, and, and I remember thinking, I remember you, you know, like, you don't have much sense. Like, you, 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 you and, and James actually spells out or creates this, this image of two kinds of wisdom, right? And in our culture, we'd probably call it common sense, but it's not common sense. Wisdom is a little different. Um, two kinds of wisdom. There's worldly wisdom, and that's wisdom that's based on, like, what we want, what we need, what we think about, what we desire. And then there's wisdom that's based on what God has designed us to be and how God sees the world. And they're very different things. And, and particularly since we're moving out of a section where he talks about the way people talk, right? Because um, the amount of sense we have oftentimes translates into how we speak. You know, I'm, I'm sure some of you guys are thinking of your spouse maybe or your kids and you're saying, oh my gosh, my wife. <laughs> no sense. Um, not my wife has no sense. She's at least had one clear lapse of sense when we got married. Um, so <laughs> we're going to jump into 313. Um, Who amongst you is wise and understanding? Let him show it by his good behavior, his deeds in the gentleness of wisdom. Okay, so he starts out with a rhetorical question. Who amongst you, right, who amongst you is wise and understanding? Now, how many people are going to say, nope, not me? Not many folks, Right. The assumption is that the reader is going to buy into this line of thinking, right? And they're going to say, well, of course I'm wise. Of course I'm, I'm very, like, good in understanding. I get how things work. I don't do dumb stuff. I've got my act together. And, and so he's, he's inviting the reader in, like, sort of to, uh, you're going to think the way I think or you're going to demonstrate that you're not that way, right? Um, and he says, let him show it by his good behavior, his deeds, and the gentleness of his wisdom. Now, mind you, he just moved out of a section where he talks about how folks speak that affects the world around them, right? Um, and, and he's beginning to set up this whole thing where he says, listen, if the words that are coming out of your mouth are destroying the people around you, are creating conflict, are making people hurt, making people sad, making people broken, like then the words that are coming out of your mouth may not be the right words. Everybody with me? Like, and it's this, it's this, he's lining up, he's tee, you know, cueing them up to like tee off on them. And, and, um, a couple of quick things, like, like, um, he's, he's telling us two things. First off, true wisdom produces good works, right? Cause, um, let him show his good behavior by his deeds, right? So, like, if, you, if you're a wise person, what you do is going to reflect in it, right? I, uh, years ago, I was talking to a guy who, who he had a, a guy that at work that he would ask for advice, and you'd walk in and you'd listen to him give advice to this employee, right? And they'd sit and listen to advice, except when it came to marriage. And then he would come and talk to me. And he was always asking me about marriage and at, what do I do with my wife here? What do I do with my wife there? What do I do? And I said, well, wait a minute. You're always talking to this other guy for advice. Why don't you just ask him? 
And he looks at me, he says, that guy's been divorced four times. I'm, I don't want to know what he thinks about marriage. <laughs> like, he doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> like, that is the last guy I want to get advice from, right? Um, if the guy had any wisdom as far as marriage goes, he probably wouldn't be divorced four times, right? I mean, is that a fair assessment? Um, no offense if you've been divorced four times, I'm not picking on you. Um, it was that guy, not you. Um, <laughs> but, but ultimately, like, I'm not gonna, if I'm gonna look for money advice, I'm not gonna look for money advice from homeless people. Right? Homeless people are not wise in the ways of money. Probably. You know, they may just be unlucky, but for the most part, like, if I'm gonna look for money advice, I'm gonna look for somebody with money. Who's not me, apparently, because I know anyway. Um, and in gentleness and wisdom. So the other way that it shows up is, um, the word here, gentleness, in Greek, um, it's an awkward one, and the whole phrase is really awkward. It's very hard to understand what he means. Um, gentleness is usually translated as meekness, like the King James says meekness. Um, in the uh, like other literature outside of the New Testament, where like religious writers would write, it actually meant humility. And so, like, like, and and it, it fits really well. The NIV translates it as humility. Um, and, and that's actually what we're going to go with because it fits the context very well. So he says, listen, act right and be humble. Okay? Um, I, I, it always blows my mind when I meet somebody who, who lacks sense but isn't, isn't humble about it. Does that make sense? I mean, they, they brag about their lack of sense almost. You know, oh, you know what I did? Okay, that was a decision. Um, I, I met a, a kid who was um, being arrested for possession, and while the cops were dragging this kid off to, to jail for possession, um, this young lady kicked one of the officers in the, in the nether regions. And she bragged about how great of a decision it was. Was it likely a good decision? Not at all. <laughs> um, I mean, you're really looking at like one of the like worst decisions you can make. How much worse can I make this? But but she was very proud of her decision. That is a lack of humility, right? Um, there's another thing that goes along with this, but it'll play out as we go. Um, we're going to take a second to look at Proverbs and see what it has to say about wisdom. Um, um, Proverbs one seven: The fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Um, the first part of that is the important bit, right? Fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. That doesn't mean I'm afraid of the Lord like my daughter's afraid of the dark, okay? Um, we fear the Lord in the way that a lion tamer would fear a lion. Um, he, he knows the lion's dangerous, right? The moment you forget the lion's dangerous is the moment you become lion chow, Right? <laughs> We fear God in the respect that um, God loves us. God sent his son to die for us. God um, created us. But we can't take God flippantly. We can't take him lightly. We have to take God very seriously because he's not someone to be ignored. He's not someone to be treated as, as a less than. Um, he's to be respected. Um, my daughter sometimes forgets that she loves and fears me, right? And when she doesn't fear me, she does things that don't reflect like, like wisdom, um, does that make sense? She threw something at me the other day and hit me in the forehead because she got mad. Did that play out well for her? <laughs> that was a lack of wisdom that was produced by a lack of appropriate respect and fear for me. Right? Do I want my daughter to be afraid of me? Not at all. Do I want her to know that hitting me in the head with, you know, with things is a bad idea? Yes. Uh, yes, I do. Um, and so what the proverb is saying is, look, um, 
the beginning of being wise, the beginning of having knowledge is understanding who God is and at what place he stands in the universe, right? Like, because if God created all things, if all things operate according to his economy, if God, like, orders all things, if, if ultimately we're going to stand up and face him over our actions and decisions and life and heart and everything, we need to take that seriously. Everybody got that? Wisdom is a reflection of knowledge of that. Um, Proverbs goes on and says, then you will discern, this is 2.9, um, 2 is all about wisdom. Um, and 9 says, then you will discern righteousness and justice and equity and every good course. What he's saying here is he's saying, listen, wisdom makes it so that you recognize what's good, Right? Like real wisdom, knowing what God is looking for, isn't just practical knowledge, but it's knowing what's right and good and what the right direction to go in is, what steps to take, what equality is and how we treat people equally, um, and what the right path for our lives is. Um, And 20, uh, so you will walk in the way of good men and keep the paths of righteousness. Um, Wisdom results in good behavior, okay? Um, if I know for sure, and I'm not picking on smokers, I smoke for a really long time, it really is hard to quit. If I know for sure, like when I meet a doctor, like a, I knew an oncologist who was an, like a very like chain smoker. And I'm thinking, well, you look at cancer every day, and you, you know, you know it's gonna kill you. You get a special kind of knowledge that it's gonna kill you, but you continue to do it, right? Does that mean that, you know, it, what it basically comes down to is that's not a, an applied knowledge, it's a lack of wisdom. If, Wisdom is knowledge that results in new action. Um, If I know certain things are true about God and I don't live as though they're true, I'm not displaying wisdom. Everybody got it? So it's knowledge in reference to God, like in, in context of God. It's knowing what's right and then acting that way. That's wisdom, straight up. Like, you know, that's it. All right, so 3.14, he goes on, he says, But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. Um, Bitter jealousy and selfish ambition. Um, Again, this is right after he's done talking about the words that destroy the people around them, right? Like folks who walk into the church fellowship and they say nasty things, and those nasty things result in like everybody being at each other's throat. Um, or in families, this happens, right? In households, this happens in workplaces where everybody sits around and they gripe or they gossip or they say nasty things. And it's because they're looking at each other and for one reason or another, all they want to do is trip up the guy next to them, right? Or, you know, you, you, the wife comes along and the husband has nothing but sharp cutting remarks to say. And the reason they have sharp cutting remarks to say is because um, they've got some sort of bitterness or they've got some sort of self-centered ambition that's playing out. Um, a lot of times you'll see where like, and I did it for years as a married person, so this is my moment of confession, where my wife and I would argue and I just wanted my way. And because I'm really good at arguing, I would say things that I knew would trip her up so that I could get my way in the end. Has anybody ever done that? Is that just me? I'm the only jerk, really. Like, <laughs> oh, there's another one. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for joining me. <laughs> um, but, but ultimately, like, like what he, he starts out, he starts setting apart this, hey, this is wisdom in the world. And wisdom in the world allows you to look at people and say, um, you know what? I don't like you because you've got what I want. 
or I don't like you because I don't like you, or I, you know, I'm not happy with you because of this. And that begins to drive actions and words. That's bitter jealousy. Bitter jealousy is, is a natural inclination for people, right? It, it's funny that, um, to watch, and I love my kids, um, but they're at a disadvantage because they're my kids. I watch my kids fight over toys that they don't want. Isn't it the truth? <laughs> they, they look and they say, you've got that car and I'm not playing with it, but I want it. And they'll hit each other and push and go tell on each other and do all kinds of crazy junk because I want it. Right? Nobody taught them how to do that. They learned it on their own. Kids naturally do it because this is sinful inclination. This is the way we are, like, this is what we do. This is how we are because we're all sinful. We all rebel against God. We all rebel against wisdom. We all do what we want. And this plays out in jealousy and ambition. Um, It's all about me. How do I get what I want? How do I get what's coming to me? You know, me, 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 me. Everybody got it? Um, and this is the driver for worldly wisdom. This is the like anti-godly wisdom. Um, when we turn inward and we say, how do I get what I want? Do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. What he's talking about there, what that phrase means is, if your common sense, if your wisdom centers around getting what you want, getting what's best for you, hurting the people that you want to hurt because you're mad at them or because you want to hurt them or whatever, your wisdom is not godly wisdom. It's worldly wisdom. And if you stand up and say, look at how great I am because I can get what I want for my wife, or I can get what I want at work, or because I can trip up this guy and have what I'm after, um, you're bragging and you're saying, I'm clever, I'm wise. But at the end of the day, what you're really doing is you're lying because it's not really wisdom. It's a lie of ignorance, right? But it's a lie. If we claim that we're wise, but our wisdom does not reflect a fear of God, and a healthy respect for what God has designed us to be. No wisdom in it. Um, from a church perspective, I have been in uh, several churches that have split. I have never watched where everybody in the room was acting according to godly wisdom. Right? Because godly wisdom produces the opposite. And we'll get to that in a second. But worldly wisdom, I want it my way. Don't care how, I want it now. Give it to me. I'll step on you if I have to. Um, but, but it's going to turn out my way. That's worldly wisdom. As we talk about this, I want you to look at your heart. I want you to look at how you interact with folks. I want you to look at how you interact with your spouse, with your kids, with your neighbors, with your coworkers, with everybody around you and ask yourself, is it all about me? Do I say things that start fights because... I want what I want. Do I walk around angry all the time because I want what I want, and what I want it is now? Um, If that's the case, you may be operating from the wrong spot here. Um, He goes on. The wisdom that is not, the wisdom, this wisdom is not that which comes from above, but is earthly, natural, and demonic. Um, This is an oddball one for translation. um, for a couple of reasons, like earthly, the reason he uses this word is it's commonly used as the opposite of heaven, right? So wisdom that is all about me and getting what I want is the opposite of godly wisdom. I mean, it's literally the polar opposite, which means um, that it's like a, 
it takes into account God's will and desire in no way at all. Got it? Like it's, it's operating from the opposite perspective. I don't care what God thinks, this is what I want. Um, it's natural. I, 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 I get grief about saying stuff like this all the time. <laughs> the word natural is associated with bodily functions. <laughs> like, like it's, it's not a pretty word. James is not painting a pretty picture. Everybody got it? Um, it, it's, it's saying literally, I mean, this is not spiritual. It's, it's as base and natural as it gets, right? I, I'm restraining myself carefully so I don't see anything terrible. And it is demonic, meaning its source is evil, right? Like literally its source is Satan. Like we don't get wisdom that's all about me and unspiritual and everything else from, um, Father or from the Holy Spirit or from Jesus' teachings. We get it from, um, from Satan. Like it's, it's an evil thing. It's of the world. It is the opposite of godly wisdom. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder and every evil thing. Um, again, jealousy and selfish ambition, both of them are all about me, right? If you live in a place or if you walk amongst folks who are constantly fighting, who are constantly in chaos over like chasing after their own desires, who are um, honestly being evil, it's driven by this. It's driven by selfishness. It's driven by, I want what I want. And mind you, we're all wired that way because we're all infected by sin. Um, chaos is a product. Conflict is a product. Um, disorder. It's all a product of this. It's all a product of, I want what I want, and I want it now. Um, but the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering and without hypocrisy. Um, so James has a three-part list here. Check this out. First, it's pure, meaning you look at it and there's nothing to accuse it of, right? It is without sin. It's not pure like, well, it's pure as in without sin, right? It's pure as in there's no wickedness associated with it. It's pure as in it's about God, um, Peaceable, gentle, and reasonable. Um, peaceable mean that it's inclined towards peacemaking, right? If we operate in a place where um, godly wisdom is our driver, we're not going to produce conflict naturally. We're going to seek the peaceful resolution. We're not going to... I mean, I almost never yell at my wife um, because of doing the right thing. Does that make sense? Am I the only one who ever yells at their spouse real quick? Am I it, really? Um, I almost never yell at my wife because I'm trying to do the right thing. Usually yelling at my wife is a product of me, right? It's a product of selfishness, or it's a product of me getting angry because I'm not being respected the way I want, and you darn well better act the way I want, right? But that's not godly. Hey, <laughs> that's not godly. That's not holy. That's not righteous. That's me-centered. That's worldly. Um, it's inclined towards making peace. It is gentle. Um, the word gentle here means like yielding, um, meaning, um, did you ever watch two people argue and, and if they could just like stop being so rigid, they could get along, but they're so stiff-necked and so dug in that they can't make any progress? Has anybody ever done that? I, I swear to you, there have been times that I've been married. I keep coming back to marriage because most of my fighting happens there. Uh, I love you, honey. 
<laughs> um, and maybe after the sermon. Um, <laughs> there are times when a fight will happen, and it's like four or five days into the fight, and I realize that we're not even fighting about anything sensible. It's just that I've dug my feet in, and I'm going to fight everything you have to say, right? Gentle is the opposite of that. It's give. It's um, let go. It's I don't have to have my way. Um, this, by the way, the exception to this would be over things that are about right and wrong, right? If my wife digs in because she doesn't want me to have a girlfriend, she's right. That's never come up. <laughs> God bless me with this, which keeps me safe from, <laughs> from other women. <laughs> um, and it's reasonable, meaning that... Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, reasonable is... is um, in reference to, um, it's not weakness, but it's um, a willingness to defer to theological truth. Like So um, it's like, oh, well, I recognize that this is the correct thing, and so I'll give up on that. It's, it's not reasonable as in, you know, I'll fold quickly, but it's reasonable as in, I see what's true, and that's what's true, right? I, the opposite would be, uh, I met a guy years ago who uh, um, came into our church, um, on a weekday, and he started arguing with the pastor about whether or not God existed. It was a youth pastor at the time, and they argued and argued and argued for a couple of hours. I mean, just out of nowhere, a complete stranger walks in, and by the time they had gotten done, this is Jim, and Jim could argue. Like, you didn't want to argue with that guy because he would beat you no matter what. But by the time they were done, he said, Everything you say is right. I recognize I can't beat you in this argument, but if God exists, I have to stop cheating on my wife. Guess what? <laughs> that would be unreasonable because he says God can't exist because it doesn't coincide with what I want, right? Um, ultimately, there are all sorts of ways this, these sorts of things play out. There are people who say, I can't accept that God exists because um, this happened. I, I met a gal who was in drug treatment, actually, and she said, I cannot accept that God exists because um, she, she lost a baby. And she said, if God is there, then he's evil because, and so he just doesn't exist. And that's horrible. But ultimately, like her holding on to that bitterness just broke her. And ultimately, she found healing when she let go of that and, like, deferred to, like, a bigger truth. But as long as she dug in and held on, it just made her sick. And it was horrible. Actually, it was one of the hardest things I've ever watched anybody go through. But she was great on the other side. It was amazing. Anyway, um, so the second half of this list is, so the first half is like, what does it look like? Second half of this is, how does it play out? Full of mercy. What does that mean? Full of mercy refers to um, like the way that we react in relation to other people. So when we talk to other people, when we deal with other people, we give to other people, when we take care of other people um, who need help, that is mercy. Okay? So if I look at somebody on the side of the road with a flat tire between here in the middle of nowhere, which is most of Montana, um, and I pull over and I help them even though I'm late, um, that's mercy, right? Now, mercy is going to be naturally full of good fruit. Why? Because it's good fruit is a product of like good behavior. Like Good fruit refers to good things that come out of a lifestyle. Um, unwavering, meaning consistent, not giving, not failing, not stumbling, not breaking. Unwavering is just consistent and forward-moving, right? Um, and without hypocrisy. Do I need to explain what hypocrisy is? We all got this one nailed down, meaning that it's truthful and it's honest. Like, it's consistent and it's true, right? Um, and so what James is saying here is he's saying, listen, if you want to know if you are wise, look at the world and say, am I being evil? Am I creating chaos? Or am I making peace? Am I being loving? Right? Um, and you're going to know. 
Now, there's an important bit here, and I'm going to hit pause. One of them is natural. The other is supernatural, right? We do not achieve godly wisdom on our own effort. It's not like I study and I try and I work really hard and I'm extra holy because none of us are extra holy, not on our own. We're holy as a result of um, the Holy Spirit, right? We're all sinful. God sends his son, Jesus, who dies on the cross for us, right? Like literally was nailed to a piece of wood and every bit of punishment I've earned for my wicked behavior is just poured out on him. And he is punished and I'm forgiven in his place if I become a follower of Jesus, right? Like I receive forgiveness and I'm made into a new creation. I'm literally like somebody hits the reset button and I start over like like as a new creation. And in the process of life, I grow into godly wisdom. As I come to see things from God's perspective and to look at God and to look at Christ and to obey his teaching and to be filled by the Holy Spirit, this is a natural product. Uh, it's not an easy thing. It's an ongoing process. Um, and it's hard. And I'm betting a couple of y'all are sitting here today and you're saying, I live by worldly wisdom. Like, I got every marker in my life right there. Is, is it true? Um, it's a sign that, that there's new growth to be had. There's a new direction to go in. Um, James concludes his passage. He says, and the seed whose fruit is righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So, sowing refers to planting, right? So, People who, um, this is an awkward sentence, the seed whose fruit is righteousness, meaning the Holy Spirit, meaning wisdom, meaning like growth in Christ and new life, that seed produces righteousness. Righteousness means to be right before God, right, or in right relationship with God. So the seed whose fruit is righteousness is sown in peace, meaning you don't teach people about Jesus by fighting them, Right? You teach them by teaching them, by being a peacemaker. Um, and it's by those who make peace, meaning, wow, there are a lot of kids coming through. Am I going that long? Um, don't, don't nod, anyone. Uh, <laughs> by those who make peace, meaning that people who make peace, people who naturally are inclined to create peace around them, who are peacemakers, they plant these seeds in people's lives and they change the lives of those around them. How do they do it? They do it by like emanating the Holy Spirit, which infects the people around us and like teaches them about Jesus and they grow spiritually and it produces righteousness and it goes on from there. It's ideally a cycle, um, but it's a product of living a certain way. It's a product of following Christ. It's a product of being a new creation in Jesus. It's a product of, of heavenly wisdom. Um, we're going to close in prayer, and I don't think we have a last song, do we? Oh, I'm asking, and we do. Um, we're going to close in prayer, and is Nathan still here? <laughs> It'll be a, a, okay. I don't know what. <laughs> I'm guessing that's a sign. Um, I. <laughs> Going to keep my mouth shut. Um, and, and as we pray, I want to challenge you. Um, I, want you to, I want to challenge you to look at your heart. And I want you to challenge you to look at the product of your life and the wisdom that you carry around. And I want you to ask yourself, am I producing good works? Am I planting seeds in peace that grow into righteousness? Am I creating good things? Is Nathan going to come up and lead the next song? Um, <laughs> and so uh, we're going to close in prayer. And, and as I'm praying, I want you to look at your heart and I want you to ask yourself, where am I at? Who am I? 
Am I living according to godly wisdom? Am I a peacemaker? Am I creating chaos? And if you are creating chaos, you need to take a minute to pray for God to like fix that. And after that, you need to go out and do it, right? Living different um, by the grace of God, through Christ, by the Holy Spirit. Um, and so I'm going to pray, and I want you to bring your mind into that place. Um, Heavenly Father, I pray that you would touch the hearts of the folks who are here. I pray that you would um, move in them and help them to recognize um, in, the, in the message today and in their own hearts um, where they're struggling, where they're operating by worldly wisdom, where um, they're operating by, by um, I want my way, Lord, instead of this is what God calls me to be. Um, I pray that you would look into their hearts and help them to be awakened to that, Lord. And I pray that you would move and convict them. Um, I pray, Lord, that, that they would commit to being different um, and that they would bring all of the brokenness that they've created to Christ and, and that they would be forgiven in, in the name of Jesus by the blood of Christ. Uh, amen. We're going to do a blessing. Um, stand up and receive the blessing. May the God who sows peace in the world around you, may the God who makes us new creation, may the God who is the source of all wisdom give you real wisdom, not worldly common sense, not um, selfish ambition, not I'm going to get what I got coming, but real wisdom that creates.